0: Everyone relax, this is FauxFop. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> 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 Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and guest Charlie Clawson. This week is Matt Kirshen. Hello Matt. Hey, how's it going? Now, uh, I've got to say, I've got to make a confession up the top, because uh, y- for, for the audience, this is your first episode. Yeah. But now, this is. From my perspective, yeah.
1: I'm Charlie number two. Right. Like I'm, I'm That's twice right. over Charlie.
0: Yes. And, and you were one of the first ever Charlies. Right. In, in fact, I think on the first day that I ever recorded with anybody other than Charlie, and, you and, were there.
1: And t- tell me, Will, what happened the first time you had. St- you tried to do the whole thing by yourself.
0: It, it ended <laughs> terribly. <laughs> Did it Everybody knows this. Everyone who's listened to this podcast knows how terrible I am at technology. It's taken me... It's only in the last couple of months since I got this machine that we've been just yeah. talking about, which is the cheapest version, by the way, of anything that I have used to record the podcast well, so far. And,
1: and that kind of makes sense. The cheaper it is, the simpler it is, the yeah. more likely you are to be able to not screw it up. Right. I mean, you, your listeners won't know how bad you owe technology necessarily, but uh, right now... We're, we're in Will's hotel room. I'm on a chair. Will is trapped in the minibar. Yep. <laughs> like he's just... <laughs> he tried to open the door. Right. It's got one of those automatic sensors. Yeah.
0: I was in there pretending to be a giant. Yeah. No, I was doing that thing because it... He tried to Indiana Jones it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and I put something it. of the exact same way. <laughs> so I didn't have to pay it's for it. Set off the sensor. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that was one of those bits of technology that there's no fucking purpose... For that other than to be an asshole. If you ever stay in a hotel where it, you immediately pay for the drink the minute you take it off the sensor.
1: Yeah, and also if you've ever been in one of those hotels without realizing that's how they do it. Because yeah. I'll sometimes, if I'm in a hotel for three or four days, I'll get food and I'll get like some leftovers from a yeah. meal. Like, oh, like a little fridge in my room. I'll just empty out all of those Right. Useless drinks that I'm not going to have. Suddenly and they,
0: they, in there. they think you're the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, suddenly. <laughs> like, oh, he's cleaned out his minivir. What kind of monster is in this room? Uh, you, uh, like me, spend a lot of the time in hotels. How Because I was just saying to you that I've been living in this hotel now for a week and a half. And right. even though when we tour, we stay in hotels all the time. Like, staying in the one hotel when you're not gigging and that's why you're there. I suddenly, yeah. like, I feel like I'm Howard Hughes. Like it's one of those things I go down and I have breakfast in the cafe down the bottom here and all the staff know me. <laughs> like this morning I went down and they brought me my coffee before I ordered the coffee. And the first couple of times I think the first couple of times something like that happens, you feel good, you yeah. feel like you're Norm
1: in cheers, and then by the end you're like, Oh, oh. sad norm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By like, the end you feel like you're Norm in cheers. Right.
1: <laughs> How like uh, there's that, like, that spectrum as well, isn't it? From like Howard Hughes to Alan Partridge. Like where on the lines you fought for.
0: Bit, uh, are you in the Norwich Travel Tavern or are you in... Well, there's, there's, actually, you know what? I got really mad. I, I started to get mad at other hotel guests right. because I think they don't deserve... Attention as much as I do, and like people, oh, you've only been here two nights. Yeah. I've been here for months.
1: Like if they did have a loyalty card, I'd be at least gold by now,
0: right? And I and because I do like do that thing because I I want to work. Like I'm here working as well, right? So I do go down to like the cafe and have breakfast, and I will sit there for like four or five hours, and so I see everybody sort of you know come and go as I'm as I'm working and that sort of thing. And the other night there was this dude who came in, and he was he was being mean to the staff, and I started. I had my headphones in, and your ears I, prick up though a little. Bit. I took, I turned off the thing that I was listening to <laughs> to get angry at this guy that I didn't know. <laughs> I just wanted to hear more stuff that I could get angry at. Did you
1: step in eventually, like a protective parrot? Like, I, you will not talk to Michelle like that.
0: I, I wanted to. Yeah, I was looking for him to cross one more line. Right. Like I felt like if I'd stepped in because they were being very polite because it's America and basically. Like you know, it takes a lot for you to piss off a server in America, or at least for them to display for them to acknowledge it, yeah. Because they're working for tips, so they yeah. know it's not in their and best I think interest. Even
1: without the tips as well, I think there is so much more of a service culture. We were talking about that just a couple of days ago when we were in Santa Barbara. Where we talked the fact that in America, it's not in the slightest bit weird to ask for a food order with nearly all the ingredients swapped around. Right. Like that's just a normal thing. And I do that now in America without blinking twice. I'll just go, Hey, could I have that? But could I have the tofu instead of the chicken and um and the sauce on the side and just
0: Right. Well, it's not even that. It's like you can actually go into a, a restaurant in America and go, uh, look, I'd like the chicken salad. I want tofu instead of the chicken and I don't want the salad. I want cake instead of the salad. And they're yeah. like,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that's... Well, we have all those ingredients. So fine. we'll just put it together and charge you a reasonable amount for that or...
0: If you did that in Australia, they would just be like, oh, well, what you're actually going to get is the chicken salad. But now I'm also going to put my balls in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put my balls all over the chicken. That's the <laughs> only that's difference. all I heard.
1: Yeah. All, the second you said anything after the initial order, right? all I heard was like balls, 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 balls. Yeah.
0: And you're like, well, can I have the balls on the side? No, no. you can't have the balls on the side. You can't get tofu you're balls. Yeah, having the balls where I put the balls. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just going to teabag you at the table yeah. and you don't get a salad. The balls are on your chin or not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I was looking for like a, a moment to step in to sort of, yeah, you know. Because
1: there's like proportional reaction as well. Right. There's, like, there's like, I think after a couple of the guy doing that, the thing, I'm, I'm the same, like after a couple of. The guy doing that, the thing you try to do is ca- make eye contact with the with the s- staff member yeah. and just give them the little... Yeah, yeah I know. We I know. know. We're on the same team
0: here, yeah. right? Okay? We both get that he's an arsehole. You can't say it, but I've acknowledged it. Yeah. Well, he, I did have a moment. I missed it. This is the...
1: Oh, it's going to bug you as well. Ah, <laughs> I wait. had one of those
0: Eminem, you know, you only get one shot moments. Right. Because mid him being an arsehole, but it, it was just so unexpected. I didn't... Like it happened so quickly that I didn't take my moment, yeah. which was he walked over to my table, uh-huh. like walked over to my table, to my booth, and took a sugar, like out of the sugar that was on my table, and then said, Excuse me. Like he took the sugar first, right. and then said, Excuse me. And I kind of mumbled. <laughs> I kind of mumbled. This is as <laughs> much as I got out. Normally, people say, Excuse me before I take the sugar. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> But that could have been my. I gotta go on with it, but I, yeah. I missed it. I missed my slot. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I. Yeah, because that's the thing you're thinking. Like level one is make eye contact and and go. Oh right. yeah. Level two, if he hasn't been enough of a dick to step in and go, excuse me, sir, mm. is is to try and think of like something sarcastic you can say in response that would shame him, like some right. sort of passive aggressive, that will shame him into realizing that his actions are run toward or, or at least kind of create well, create that dynamic where you could then go, well,
0: fuck you. Well, uh, the first thing was, okay, so this is where I, I remember now how it kicked off. Mm-hmm. It kicked off because he had got the manager over to complain about uh, the inconsistency of his food. Last time he'd been in, he um, had got, like, you know, the same thing and this time it was different for last time, which, you know what, that's a fair enough thing to complain about. And if I- it was while, like, you know, if it was,
1: depends on how inconsistent we're talking. If you're doing like, uh, last time the two halves of the sandwich ranged at 10 and 2, and this time they ranged at 9 and 4. Right. And <laughs> I, de- I demand, I demand the angle between sandwich segments to be consistent. Right. And I- like, okay, you're a dick. But- yeah. I guess I if, guess like, if the sandwich was like half the size, or it was like spicier sauce or whatever, I
0: get that. I get that. And you know what? I, I will say in his defense, and I'm going to defend him first before I berate him. Okay. In his defense, I eat there every day. And I tend to order the same thing most days. Right. And depending on, you know, the chef you, and who's Do you working. order the same
1: thing intentionally or do you order it because by now they just slide it down the table before you get a chance to order something different?
0: <laughs> well, this morning, the, the the waiter did say to me, Nick, uh, who uh, is the one who looks after me most mornings there, mm. uh, Nick C. <laughs> there must be another Nick, but I haven't met the other Nick, but I know that he's Nick C.
1: Okay. And the other uh, the other staff members just have one first name?
0: Oh, uh, it's not on his it's, – it, It's they don't have it on their uh, on their shirts or it's on their badges. On the it's on the receipt. Oh. So I had to like make an effort to go, oh, because he knows my name. So I've got to go, I've got to get Nick C out there. And uh, Nick C, um, he did say to me today, do you need a menu? And I was like, I like to look at the menu. Even though today I ordered the exact same thing that I order every morning, the Exodia. It's delicious.
1: Did did he he say it with a bit of a smirk? Like,
0: do you need a menu? You know what? (laughs) I felt like there might have been a little bit of that. Or just a little bit of familiarity, you know. You know the menu, and you always order the same thing. Do you want the menu? And I said to him, which is true. I like to peruse the menu, but normally what happens is when it comes to ordering, I still choose the thing that I enjoy the right. most, and I just have that most mornings.
1: And you were in the middle of saying before I cut you off that it does it does vary depending on the depending on the chef that's on duty.
0: Right. It actually does. So the dude kind of had a point, but I'm not. I don't think it's ever been shitty. It just sometimes is like. You know, sometimes there's more avocado in it on the other day. Sometimes someone throws capsicum into it, which I'm like, oh, well, that's crazy. Maverick, you yep. know, but but I don't mind his pepper. Right? Yeah, buy a bit of bonus pepper. A bit of BP. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Gary. He, he always throws in a bit of BP. Yeah. He's a bit of a maverick. He just R- brings <laughs> his own peppers <laughs> he in. Pepper.
1: <laughs> he's a pepper farmer the rest of the week. <laughs> it's just,
0: he's really been trying to boost the pepper... The market. His dad works in the pepper industry, yeah. trying to support American pepper farmers. Yeah. Gary,
1: a word please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this customer's coffee had pepper in it. Would you care to explain? No, we're pretty sure it was you, Gary.
0: Yeah. Paid off by the pepper people. Yeah. Um, so, look, there is some inconsistency. Right. But then, old mate, and also, by the way, wearing some sort of white jacket, See, now I started looking at reasons to hate him. Right. The first one was his white cricket jacket he wore like he was some sort of Doctor Who wannabe. (laughs) And not a good Doctor Who, you know? (laughs) Uh, um, And he was wearing a matching white beanie. Did not like it. Right. Wasn't fooling anybody about the fact that he was... I don't know if people would have heard that siren going by. It was a pretty hefty siren going past there. Uh,
1: That guy was in a hurry. Matching white beanie.
0: Uh, so he had a matchy white beanie Yep uh, And white jacket Did not like it Did not care for it Wasn't into Was it Was this an older guy Or a young guy You know what At the start I think You know what I started to make notes <laughs> I did not know that we were going to talk about this, but I believe if I look in this book here that is next to me on the bed, I might find the notes that I made about because I started it's to a like a sense
1: of entitlement. That's what gets. I don't know if it's the same with you. This is what gets yeah. me more than anything else. I had, there was a guy like that on a plane I had recently as well. I just, well he just it just drove me nuts. I, what was he it, doing? It was it was long enough ago that I can't even. There, there were two actually two incidents recently. One at a, at a gas station, a guy who cut me off twice, uh, and the other one was just. It was, this, it was this guy who just kept getting up and every time he banged against my, like he just kept banging against the back of my chair. And, and eventually I turned around and went, sorry, could you, I'm trying just, to get some sleep, just be a right. bit careful. And he went, well, how are you strict about me to get up, you bloody fool?
0: And Carefully, I just like everybody else. That's how raged. I expect it. I just raged. <laughs> like but, I was, but that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So you have not seen this. It's the, it's the tiniest thing. It just drove me nuts. And people will think that I'm blowing this all out of proportion, but I just want... And we did not know that we were going to talk about this, yeah. but I just want to show you how many notes <laughs> I made about a guy at the next table. Is that both sides? Both of the sides. <laughs> Two <laughs> full pages of notes. I'd say with a... F-
1: you know, knowing... Uh your ability to riff around a subject that's potentially five
0: to ten minutes of stage time right So he's uh, and I'm, I have not read back over this but I'll just see if I can see what uh, I've found here is this someone by the way who was staying in the hotel or just lunching at the hotel no st- he's staying in the hotel I picked that up as we went on do you uh, he's still there can we raid his room
1: he must, might possibly still be here you but think we could get him on mic and ju- get him to explain himself right <laughs> Can you imagine? (laughs) The most uncomfortable piece of radio. Knocked on
0: the door. (laughs) We have a podcast (laughs) and we have some questions for you to
1: answer, sir. (laughs) Just doorstepping them like an investigative journalist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just out the front. Just with a microphone and an iPhone. (laughs) uh,
1: Australia must have had those shows as well where like a local... Like a, a local, like a local TV news guy who's now got his own TV show who's oh, like, yeah. why are you selling bad plumbing to old people?
0: And it's like, well, there's two shows, uh, the, the nightly shows, 6.30 every night, they come on after the news on Channel 7 and Channel 9, which are the two big commercial free-to-air networks. Uh, Today, Tonight and A Current Affair. Right. And they are exactly the same show on different networks. Often the exact same show, like the same topics every night. And it's always dodgy washing machine repairmen or someone who is selling, you know, Bad apartments on the Gold Coast. Oh, or I totally!
1: In fact, I know that Australia has that because one of my favourite YouTube clips. and I'm sure you've seen the same one. I'm sure you must have seen this one. Is the 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 no Asians?
0: Oh, the the the, the, uh, the Asian mall. Was it the, 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 the no, Asian it was, mall? No, it was the guy. It was a it
1: was a news anchor doorstepping this guy who was selling who was renting his property, and it said, and the and the uh, it was a, a little uh, newspaper ad that he right. placed. Oh, it uh, said no Asians. And it said no Asians. And he and he's door. Have you seen the guy? No, I haven't Do seen it. I don't know whether I even want to ruin it. Like, it's like a 30-second clip. I'll, I'll tell you what happens. Yeah, tell me
0: what happens. Uh, but then I'll put the clip on the Facebook page as well so people y- can see yeah, it. Yeah,
1: if you're listening to the podcast, maybe pause it for 30 seconds right. just, and just Google no Asians and return to the podcast. Who would
0: have thought there'd be no Asian spoilers? I know. So here we
1: go. So it's this old, it's fairly old guy and he's just mm. going, uh, is this your, your advert? And he goes, yeah. And it says no it. Says no Asians. Going going, yeah, just don't like him. Just don't like Asians. Don't want him involved. Don't want him staying here. Uh, and the more he talks, the more something starts to dawn. He goes, oh, oh, agents. And it was a complete typo. Someone had copied it down wrong. The seller just wanted no agents. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Hilarious. Well, they did do, on one of those current affairs show, and I'll try to find this clip as well, but they did this big beat up recently about Sydney's, All Asian Shopping Mall. (laughs) (laughs) They're horrible. It's like, all Asian, all the time. (laughs) I mean, they are horrible programs that add nothing to humanity, and anybody who thinks they're a journalist and works on one of those shows should take a good hard look at themselves and the choices they've made in their lives. That's the end of my editorial. But
1: we might be following that path in a few minutes if we discover
0: where this white guy... (laughs) Absolutely, right. (laughs) This this guy deserves it. The heading I've put on it uh, of this piece is uh, Irrational Hatred. Um, So... Uh, You've even given it a title. Yeah. <laughs> Did you date it and underline it? So the the first thing is, oh, I forgot about this. He started his complaint. Now I, I'm going to give you an opportunity, uh, Matt, to guess what the sentence he started his complaint with is. Well, if it were me complaining about yeah. a food inconsistency,
1: I'd probably just, i probably go like, uh, sorry, I just, uh, there's. Like, I, I bumble you're my way into a complaint. You've, bu- you've <laughs> Britished it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I take a, a slow run up with some bumbling. Right. Yeah, uh, he hasn't done that. Did he click? He's gone, look, I don't mean to complain.
0: Yes you do sir I
1: don't mean to complain Is no, right up there with I'm not a racist
0: Right <laughs> No one just... has ever used The expression I don't mean to complain When they don't mean to complain Yeah Because if you don't mean to complain <laughs> Don't complain yeah. Or write a polite letter At another time
1: Well that that implies That he's complaining accidentally Right That That's almost That's almost saying Like I don't mean to complain I have no intention of complaining right. But this problem Is so egregious yeah. That My Even inner I, psyche Even I A person who has never complained before <laughs> I can't hold it in, because this is so reprehensible what you've done.
0: I would love to shove something in my mouth, <laughs> oh, yes. but the food was the problem, and I can't. I just, it normally like, stops me from complaining. I don't. I really, <laughs> really don't mean to
1: complain, but just <laughs> it just came out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Forgive
0: me. Yes. I can't help myself. Uh, I don't mean to complain. Was how he started. Then he complained, right at length. <laughs> About the inconsistency of the food. But this was the point. Up to this point, even though I already hated him when he started with, I don't mean to complain and then complained. Mm -hmm. At that point, he's still, you know what? He asked for some food. He felt like the food wasn't up to its usual standard. That's a reasonable bit of feedback for a restaurant to have. Right? Then he says this. Look. Look. (laughs) Maybe... (laughs) You're just employing people and their heart's not in it. What? (laughs) Fucking what? Like, I was so surprised that the manager of the restaurant did not turn into a wrestling commentator and just go, what the hell are you
1: talking about? Or just slap him plain across the face. Shut (laughs) the fuck up.
0: (laughs) Suddenly, just because your omelette wasn't the same as it was last time, (laughs) the person's heart's not in it? (laughs) So just whose heart is in Cooking at a
1: um, lunch, like the lunch shift in a hotel. Right. <laughs> in a just... fucking
0: diner at a hotel. You know what? The food came out. Yeah. It, you know, anyway, whatever. There are people who's pa- who
1: are hugely passionate about cooking and. Right. And whatever. And,
0: but. That's
1: not what causes or doesn't cause an omelette to be slightly different on a particular. And,
0: and you know what? Possibly the people's, you know, possibly the people's hearts aren't in it or not in it. But that is not a judgment. Not your fucking. It's not a judgment that you can make, and it is certainly not something that you can just like. You get one sandwich and you can just go, "Oh, like." I mean, I've heard of people reading tea leaves, but yeah. I don't think that you. Can- <laughs> You can read a chicken Caesar and find out about people's lives.
1: Oh, he should have. He should have said it beforehand. Before the complaint started, he is a world-class uh, oh, psychotherapist, right, yeah. and uh, oh yeah, specializing in reading <laughs> he food. You can just tell. Like you just know what, It's like a Rorschach test, yeah. really. You can just tell by the state of an omelette that uh, that guy's yeah. heart is not in it.
0: He, uh, you go into his uh, practice yeah. when you've got your issue. <laughs> he hands you a frying pan and a couple of eggs. <laughs> it's
1: just, it's just, I'll be back in five. Right uh all right so i've been in proper. i've been you know been in hotels or restaurants before where everything is just like the service is just dreadful and you can and you can almost tell that the character of the place is depressed Mm -hmm. like it's like a restaurant or a hotel takes on a character oh yeah and you go the whole place is and you go oh someone either someone in management is just dreadful terrible yeah and and that whole attitude just seep through the place or the business is failing and the whole place... And you sometimes feel it, but that's
0: not here. <laughs> that's no, 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 no. Not... And that's not... This is a cheerful place where I go down in the morning and the waiter knows what drink I have. <laughs> right. And his name's is Nick C. And he, <laughs> know, he wants to know if I want a menu or not. And they let me sit there for four and a half hours working on the internet, you know, in a booth by myself. Yep. It's a fun place. This is a fun hotel. You know, it's not... Anyway, so so what so, comes next? Well, so now, okay, so he's made his complaint, and now I'm. So in.
1: now you're, you're now you're in full camp, asshole. Like now <laughs> right. you, you might have been dithering between bad meal, dick. Oh yeah. Now yeah, you're yeah. dick all the way. I'm in. I, I think it
0: was <laughs> at this point that I turned off my headphones. Right. This was the point where I just went, all right, all right. I'm giving this my full attention. Notebook now. out. <laughs> <This> <laughs> yeah, is... notebook out. <laughs> I think the first two things I wrote down there were backdated. Everything right. else is in real time. <laughs> Uh, so next he, uh, these are just random complaints now about things that I did not like about him uh, that he had his foot on the seat right so he's sitting on a seat and he puts his foot on another entitlement. seat entitlement Dis- it's Dis- same sense right? of entitlement disrespectful too yeah like I, I, I'm i in this restaurant and now you've got your foot on one of the fucking seats in this restaurant that's disrespectful right so that annoyed me <laughs> <laughs> oh so he was sick he kept blowing his nose Ah. Uh. Matt, not just like a little blow, which is fine. Everyone can do a little blow of the nose. And everyone's entitled to be a bit sick and in a semi-public place as well. You You shouldn't have to quarantine yourself away. A little bit sick. Yeah. But I would make the argument that he was so sick. Like, at one stage, he blew his nose so much, I honestly thought he was going to turn inside out. Like, I thought there was going to be more of him in his handkerchief than there was left in his body. It was ridiculous. Like, it was was like he'd eaten a bad meal in Bali. And you, sir, are no stranger to leaving things in handkerchiefs. Good day. Good day. (laughs) I wish your dad had left you in his handkerchief, <laughs> sir. And I am out of here. Drops mic, walks out. Everyone's like, you haven't paid for your meal. Yes. <laughs> um, and why were you even holding a microphone in this restaurant? It's from my podcast. Yeah, I just brought it down. It's not to, plugged into anything. You have
1: to sheepishly come back five minutes later <laughs> to offer your mic back. Sorry, I need that
0: microphone. <laughs> Matt's coming to do a podcast. <laughs> I'll so, just charge it to my room. Sorry. I mean, blowing his nose in a way that it was like... It was like an elephant at the zoo or it was like you know it was like it was like the anti Charlie Sheen like right. you know he was blowing shit out of his nose in the same <laughs> way as Charlie Sheen would Hoover it up it was it was absolutely insane and so my argument was he was too sick to be out in public right. because you know what he's staying at the hotel and this hotel does room service where you can get the exact same food that is in, the, in that diner I mean, to you have your to room tip an extra couple of dollars Extra couple of dollars. And
1: then, and then you'd have to phone down with your complaint. Right. <laughs> you can't look the people straight in the eye who you're berating and giving less money to. Right, but you also wouldn't
0: make everybody else in yep. the restaurant sick.
1: Yep. Right? So everything's painting a picture of a... Terrible person. Terrible, okay. thoughtless person.
0: Oh, so this, this is the point now. After he's put his feet on the chair, after he's done all this, this is the point where he but now... Just
1: determined st- to spread as much of him around as big an
0: area as possible. Right. And he's a terrible person. So... Uh Yeah, so this is when he comes over. Now I make a note that he comes over and takes... I was too busy making the notes to be ready when he came over and took the fucking sugar. Right. So this is where he comes over, says, excuse me afterwards. Oh, I've actually made a note here that says, I turned down my headphones so I could listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, so anyway, I, I won't go into all, all of that stuff, but... Um, uh, so he keeps uh, snorting and sneezing uh, or, and doing all this sort of stuff, and uh, oh yeah, so I oh, know. So now there's a point where I've made a note here. I'm getting angry at him for stuff that's beyond his control. Because right. up to this point, I've just been angry at him being an asshole. Yeah. But now I'm just choosing things about him that I don't like.
1: Oh, which is a normal thing to happen when once you've decided once someone's annoying you, right.
0: everything about them. Yeah. You know, oh, your hair is parted. Twice (laughs) Right Well this is the note I've made I'm blaming him for having no hair (laughs) Now that's not his fault It's not his fault that he has no hair Like he's balding and he's like shaved it all off But I'm getting angry And then I've written here (laughs) Oh my god this is how angry I was I often don't I don't use the C word a lot But I've written it as a note All I've written is Even your hair didn't want to hang out with you You miserable (laughs) cunt (laughs) <laughs> so, um, uh, the, my next note is oh, because he's English. Now, I love English people. You're an English person. Yeah. Doctor Who is an English person. Well he's not? He's from Gallifrey. But he's
1: but he's picked up the accent. He, he's
0: picked up the English accent. I like. There's a lot about English people that I enjoy. But now I'm just blame. I'm getting angry at English people because right. of this guy. I'm blaming him for what the English did to the Aboriginal people in Australia. <laughs> I say, then I make notes about his stupid white jacket. Uh, then he puts his beanie on. I'm angry about that. Um, oh, and then there's, a, then there's a moment where I am conflicted. There is a moment where shit goes wrong in my, I'm angry at this guy and I hate this guy because there's a revelation. Go on. He's gay. Okay. Now, I didn't up to this point know he was gay. But because I'm so fucking progressive and liberal. So now middle
1: class guilt starts to kick in.
0: That's exactly what happened, Matt. White Suddenly guilt. I'm like, I can't I can't hate a gay person. <laughs> that's a oh this notebook's a hate crime. Right. It's just <laughs> Then I start to get really worried about that. But then I've made a note to myself. No, true equality is hating him regardless of the fact that he's <laughs> yes. gay. It would be offensive if I didn't treat him equally to other people. I, I I respect that.
1: Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Right. Yeah. So the guy then, in a wheelchair is being an asshole. You should tell him he's an asshole. Yeah. Exactly. Right. If a black guy or a gay guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: As long as the the reason isn't the fact that he's as, yeah. Black if in if a the wheelchair. reason they're
1: being a dick is unconnected to their minority status. Right. Then it would be. It would be, in, in some ways, being prejudiced. It would, be sl- it would be singling them out. Yeah.
0: It would be being homophobic to forgive him of his assholery just because he was gay. It
1: would be unfair on gay people <laughs> who aren't dicks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> to let his dickishness pass. Right. Just because just he happens to he's, belong to that group. Just because he's
0: had a few dicks. Yeah. Right?
1: That's absolutely right. So yeah, then, you would be screwing over all of your non-dickish gay friends. Exactly. By giving that guy a pass.
0: That's exactly what I've been doing. I'm not saying I'm a hero, but I probably am.
1: Yeah, I'd say you I mean, I'd put you on a par with Rosa Parks.
0: Yeah, i just equal though. Yeah. Not better. Not better. No. I can't say that I'm better than Rosa Parks.
1: But I'd say around the same. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then he's... Uh, so it, so I, how, I, how did you find out he was gay? Oh, so... He didn't, he didn't go like her. And I should know a good omelet, for I, after all, am a homosexual. <laughs> it's like.
0: <laughs> it's... <laughs> no, that is not. Uh,
1: you, no. you get better service than this in the gay clubs that I frequent, what with me being gay. <laughs> it's
0: like... I couldn't eat this food, and I enjoy a cock in my mouth. What? <laughs> this is not. <laughs> it's inappropriate? Seems weird. So, odd way to... <laughs> I'm not one
1: to complain, but I am one to have loving relationships with other men.
0: <laughs> so, this is how I found out. He starts right. talking to the waitress about he's on some gay uh, dating app. Okay. And he starts showing her guys that he's considering going out on a date with that night. So, he's considering like picking up one of these dudes on these. Speaking of which, once again, the guy's ill. He's ill.
1: He's got a cold. He's got, he's spreading disease. You should not be dating again. Right. Inconsiderate. Right. Exactly. You shouldn't be sorting fixing any dates unless
0: Just then. Go back to your room. Order some fucking room service. And just fucking get better. And get on Skype if you desperately need If you to. need to. Yeah. It's fine. Like, I'm not judging it. I'm happy for it. <laughs> We've already established <laughs> that I am the equal of Rosa Parks. <laughs> Do not cast aspersions in my gay credentials. I'm just saying. No, but absolutely. So, uh, okay. So, this is how um, I know. So, he starts showing these guys to the the waitress uh, in a bit of a sort of, is he cute? Is he cute? That that sort of thing. And this is when I learned some other things about him. So, one of the guys he's looking at um, hooking up with that night is 21. And this is when I learned how old he is because he talks to the girl about whether it's too young. He's 48. Does yes. not look 48. Probably looks, I would say, you know, it. apart from the hair, which is not his fault. And people sometimes lose their hair young. Um I would say he looks mid to late thirties. I would just say he's about the same age as I am. Okay, if I had to have a guess at it, so he looks pretty good for his. And he's he's actually forty eight. Did you say forty eight years old? Well, that's what he said. So forty eight to twenty one is a big gap. It's too big. That's a creepy gap. Isn't I it? started making judgments I, again. I was back. I, my brief moment of middle class guilt passed when I was like, "No, you're creepy."
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, because you could have, well, uh, a straight forty eight year old hooking up with a twenty one year old girl creepy. as well. You go, that's a bit it's creepy, creepy as fuck. Then, again, and there, are twenty one year olds of any gender who like who like older guys right and who are we to deny them that it's still a bit creepy it's still
0: creepy though <laughs> it's, it's fine for them I'm happy with the 21 year old going with I still no that's still creepy <laughs> it's all <laughs> creepy anyway everyone's cool I'm cool with everyone whatever um, except that guy what except it? for this guy well yeah no, but he, that's it that's specifically yeah. I'm cool generally with everyone there's heaps of people that I specifically have problems with uh and then he starts, like, he's he's really judgmental. He's gone, oh, that 21-year-old's too super fit. That was his first one. And then he chooses this other one. and goes, oh, but I'd have to restyle him. Have to restyle him. You're wearing a fucking white beanie and a fucking white cricket jacket. Unless uh, restyling is a term that I'm unfamiliar with. Oh, from the, the
1: community. <laughs> just,
0: Maybe, it's... I guess. I'd restyle him a new one. But then... <laughs> Then he reveals that he has a boyfriend in England. So not only is he sick, not only does he have bad manners, but right. he's also coming over to America... To cheat on his boyfriend. To cheat on his boyfriend. Now, did he... Did he did I don't know the nature of their relationship. Maybe they're in an open and understanding relationship. That could be. I I mean, could did, did, or did he phrase it like, hope boyfriend doesn't find out about this one? No, the waitress said to him, don't you have a boyfriend? And he went, yeah, James Bond, I brought him in last time. I don't know what that meant. I didn't. I, I right. felt like at that point I wanted to ask more questions. Is it actually James Bond? Like, <laughs> yes. Is his name James Bond? Does he look like James Bond? What is he the fully fictional character? Right. <laughs> is Because just- that's fine. If you want to cheat on a fictional character, I'm fine. Uh, but I do need to know movie or book. Right version. Yeah. Like which? <laughs> so that's it. There are other notes that I have so far about that. But uh, but anyway, that's. Uh,
1: well, the waitress knows who who he is. So yeah,
0: she she did know who he was. I felt like so. This was another reason I got angry. So was he English then? Yeah, he was English. Okay. And I feel like he stayed at the hotel a bit as well. And so that's when I, which is what reminded me of it before, which is that I started to get that thing of going, oh, maybe he's like a more regular than I am, and I don't. You started to
1: get regular envy. Yeah, I did.
0: (laughs) I was like, I I want to have seniority. I want to add up our days. We've both been at this hotel this year (laughs) to see if I can interfere. So there you go. Uh, so we went to Santa Barbara, uh, which was fucking great We did had you, So you'd been to Santa Barbara I before? I have been to Santa Barbara once, before. no twice before, it's a beautiful town uh, For people who don't know Santa Barbara, what is it, it's like an hour and a half drive from LA I guess Yeah, like- it's straight up the coast from LA
1: um, And it's just, it's where, it's one of the places people who made a lot of money in LA go to is that what it is? Uh, that, I mean, that's a, that's a fair amount of what it is.
0: You seem to know a lot more about it because we went down there to do um, the setlist show, which yes, uh, people have heard me talk about a lot on this podcast, so people are very familiar with it. But how how often have you done setlist? You would have almost done it as much as anyone's done in the world, would that be right?
1: I think I probably have. I mean, well, certainly if you include the number of times I've hosted it, yep. Then, but then I it, don't. Then that's <laughs> not it's it's different hosting. Although yep. sometimes when I host it, you play as well. I play it as well. Yep. Um, because I got involved in setlist really quite early on when it was still, when it was still something that Troy was doing at the fake gallery in yep. East Hollywood and the setlist was written on a big piece of card that was just on an easel on the, on the stage. Uh, so I, I did it. Ri- Hipsters prefer that one still. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the true Yeah, old school. Yeah. You weren't there, man. I liked your old set better than the <laughs> new <laughs> setlist. <laughs> It's gone all commercial. Uh, <laughs> now they have a projector, man. I know, right? Screw it's gone that. super commercial. I, like I know, I know you have Brit listeners. I should probably chuck in a plug now. The TV series is coming out on Earth, Sky Atlantic. Oh, great! Um, Fantastic. Finally, like it kept getting moved around in the schedules. Uh, your Australian listeners would have already had the chance to watch it on ABC Two when it came out.
0: In fact, I still think you can see it on ABC iView if people want to find set lists. Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: Um, but it's finally going to be broadcast in the UK by Sky Atlantic, who originally commissioned the series. Oh, right. So that's coming out on December the 2nd. It's starting.
0: Okay. Well, uh, you played in Australia like six months ago. Yeah. Or longer. Well, it, it was really weird. It was, I mean, it was, because
1: Sky Did Atlantic- Did like, here in America? No, no. It was Britain. So it, has, it, has it only played in Australia? It's only played in Australia, which never happens, right? That's weird. Like, you, yeah. Like, it, it never, like, Australia never gets the premiere, like the world premiere of something that isn't Australian. No. But it happened, from my understanding, it happened kind of by accident because Sky Atlantic made the show for British TV. Yeah. But Sky Atlantic's a really new channel. So they've been constantly experimenting and moving around their different their schedules and everything. And, uh, and the original plan was it was going to start in Sky Atlantic. And then about a week or two later, it was going to start on, in Australia who bought rights to the series. Right, And then after the deal had been done with Australia, Sky Atlantic had a complete reorganization and it got pushed way the hell back. But in the meantime, Australia was like, well, we've, I mean, it's in its in the slot now. Like we've already started advertising this thing. It's not, we can't push this back. Uh, so it went out in Australia about almost a full year before the British premiere. Oh
0: my God. I, I, was, I was not aware of that. Right. Well, It's a fantastic show, and and it was, uh, again, uh, yeah, it's, it's so much fun. So again, I so you would have so where have you? Because listeners have heard the fact that I've done it here, and I've done it in the UK, and I've done it in Australia. You might be one of the only people who've done who've done the show
1: on three continents.
0: That would be cool if that is the case. Like might, Sam I'm Simmons might uh, might have done it. I don't know? know if he
1: ever did the show in Edinburgh. Right, he's been in Edinburgh when it's happened. Yeah. But I don't think he ever did the show there. Uh, Trying to think, who else might who else might possibly have done the show in Eddie Peppertone might have done the show. Yeah, did he right? do the show in Australia? I don't know if he did. And Kamel Kamel Nanjiani yeah, okay, might have done the show Kumail? when he was in Melbourne. Yeah. It's uh, it's
0: very different. Like I mean, I enjoy doing it in different places because it it is different. Like the way yeah. that the audience respond to it and stuff well, is also,
1: very different. I've never done the show in Australia, so I'd be interested to in know how they respond to it there. But I've done the show in various different cities in
0: britain and various different cities in north america and Um, and what do you feel like the difference is uh like is there a place you prefer to do it i don't
1: know i mean it i guess the difference is in in the kind of show it is i think has more of an effect on what kind of a show it is than uh than the city like if it happens at an arts festival the audience is already a bit more bought into it or right and la counts a bit like an arts festival because so many people are involved in in the arts world and then when, when i did the show in nottingham or when i did the show in um san francisco it was a bit different
0: um but i just noticed that um you're you're you've got a cup you're going to pour the i beer. was going to pour
1: the, ca- the beer into you're going to pour the beer and that was into mostly it. because i wasn't sure i wanted a full beer
0: well, just drink whatever you want of it, and then just don't drink the rest but of it. But then
1: you could have the rest of it if I haven't got my me germs all to over. To be it.
0: honest, Matt, I probably would drink the rest of it regardless of that. Well, let's be nice about this. Okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it if it was that snotty bloke from downstairs.
1: <laughs> but maybe, maybe you've, that's put you off all Brits. Like all Brits have germs.
0: But I, but I, I, what I realized was that there's some sort of cling film on the top of the. I very nearly glass. didn't notice
1: that. That looks almost like the practical joke you do as a kid with a toilet.
0: That's what <laughs> it was guess, like. Like you were about to pour it in and. Like cling was, film over the top of the I to pull, Yeah, I was about
1: to make a disastrous mess. What the
0: fuck is that? Why is there cling film over the top? That's weird.
1: I, Don't you think that's weird? Well, I guess it's to show that the glass is clean and unsullied by previous guests at the hotel.
0: I mean, I guess that's right. Because
1: a lot of it's like putting in a
0: sash over the toilet, I suppose. Yeah, like your toilets one Miss Universe. Although.
1: I've always wondered when when you go into a hotel and the toilet has that, yeah. whether you could just sort of like remove the sash carefully, take a huge dump, and then put the put oh, the sash back on.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you could, <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> if you. And then and then we'll linger outside the door, I know, with the microphones. <laughs> That's for being rude to that waitress. We got you. <laughs> it's like, how did you even get into my room? That? We should pitch that. We could pitch it. You know what? We could pitch that to MTV. You've been dumped. <laughs> it's just like we find people. <laughs> take a people shit can write in, in like when they've been aggrieved by people and we go <laughs> and take a shit in their room. <laughs> Matt and Will's dumped. All we have to do is drink a lot of coffee and eat some bread. I mean, our part of it's <laughs> easy. <laughs> Now, now, hear me out. <laughs> Come on, guys. I don't think in America you, 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 I don't you would think you I actually m- convince them to hear you out. You, they would just be like, "That's genius! Like, that's yeah. a great idea. We'd love to put that on TV." <laughs> Do
1: you want your money in a lump sum, or yeah. <laughs> this is just, it's
0: just poor choice of words?
1: For <laughs> <me>. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I've done. I've done the show in loads of places. Yeah. And, um, uh, oh, so I I I got in quite early and. Right at the beginning, when Troy, I was talking to Troy, and he was saying, "Do you think it would work at the Edinburgh Festival?" And I went, "Yeah, this is exactly the kind of thing that would work at the Edinburgh Festival."
0: And it's a great show for festivals. It's like co- I think it's I think festivals and are the is is the best place for it. Like it's for sure because it's because comics,
1: comedians at festivals. Con- firstly, you've got this pool of uh, all the. Great comics are knocking around there and up for doing something, right? So it's easier to rope in really good people, and also they're up for doing something that isn't
0: their normal show. So you're doing your normal show. And this is the, I did it in Melbourne this year. I think I did the show nine times in right. the festival because you might be rivaling me for numbers of doing the show. I don't. It was the unofficial. Late show Right You know Rather than going Down the festival club And seeing people Trot out their Fucking 10 or 15 minutes To a bored Or disinterested crowd You had all the best Comics at the festival Going down to this Great show Yeah And you don't have to Do your material That you're doing every night You don't have to It's fun
1: I'm always at a lot Like I never know When I'm doing Something like Edinburgh Where you're doing A full hour show When you do those Extra late shows I don't know Whether it's a good thing Or not Because Right You're sort of Showcasing yourself But you want to get people To see your full show so I always try and do different material to the to the hour that
0: I'm currently selling. And then say it's not in the show. Do you say that? Yeah. yeah.
1: But then I know people, some people are still like, oh, well, we've seen him now. We, we can take him off the list. It's
0: so like at the Melbourne Festival. I'll have people say, I saw you at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I said, oh, yeah, okay. You like the show? Oh, no, I saw the gala. "Well, right. that's not me. You haven't seen my show. Yeah, you've seen seven minutes of... Right. Maybe not even. Yeah. And, and I, I don't do those late shows in Melbourne. Like I don't do the Festival Club because they're also terrible gigs most of the time, you know. Right. But set list I'll do as often as they'll have me because A, you don't have to prepare anything, B it freshens you up after like you know, you go and do your show, but then you can come down and just muck around and have some fun. Yeah, so it invigorates you. But also all the like the comics who go and do set list are the comics that you want to hang out with. Right. Right? It's like the secret, you know, festival club.
1: Yeah, so every... Yeah, you're absolutely right. Any comic who hears the premise for the show and just goes... Yes. Yeah, I'm not for that.
0: You're like, I want to hang out with these people. Yeah. These are the cool people. But I was watching you the other night in Santa Barbara, and I hope this doesn't make you feel uncomfortable, but I'm going to take a small moment to uh, piss in your pocket, which is an expression that Americans are not familiar with. <laughs> <It's just laughs> I learnt <laughs> the other day. All right, we'll make it quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Man, I watched you do Set List the other night and uh, anyone who's ever seen me do the show uh, and I've talked about it before, I certainly have a very scattergun approach to it which is every thought that comes into my brain comes out and you know, hopefully in the time that I'm on stage there will be enough funny things in the things that I say that you think it was worth me being there but you almost have the complete opposite approach from that and that's also one of the great joys of watching people do it is watching how they do it Everyone because takes it everybody does it differently. And, I mean, I saw you do a set the other night in Santa Barbara that it was almost like every single line of it was hilarious. Like every single line was concise. They were all like one-liners. It felt like you didn't waste an idea or a moment. In fact, there was only one tiny moment where you lost the crowd where yep. you started speculating about uh, – it was a riff on like uh, – what was it? Roman bathhouses. Roman bathhouses. Roman bathhouses. <laughs> And you were doing it to a, an American crowd. <laughs> and Paul Provenza, who's one of the, you know, sort of well, not the creator, but one of the original He's the one of the like the executive producer of right. Saddis somewhere Paul Provenza, who was standing next to me, just led to me and, and just went, He thinks we're in Europe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, but it was fantastic oh, to watch. Thank you. I've got like I've I've had good sets and I've had bad sets to sell but that was definitely that was one where I really felt just in the zone. Yeah. Like, you, you, you know, you just sometimes feel like, oh, okay, I've got this. Right. And, and still, part of the joy of setlist is still every topic, you're, you're starting again from zero. And I, I think I built up a certain amount of goodwill with the crowd by topic three or four, but still, there was every time there was like,
0: oh, I hope,
1: hope this one goes all right. Oh, but,
0: but that is the thing about it. Yeah. Like, you can be killing and then just get one that for whatever fucking reason... Well, I think I told shooting. you about this. I nearly didn't end up on the TV show because the
1: night in London, which was one of our showcase nights, yeah. and it was the night that all the execs were in, I I fucked it. Well, like, I just... And I started well. Like, my first right. topic and a half was funny, and I was on it. And then just nosedived. I just spiraled. And I did the other thing, which happens sometimes if you do badly at setlist, which is you do badly for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, I, I didn't just bomb... I I really stretched it out. Right. Like, and I didn't even realize how long I'd been on for until I came off stage. And uh, it was Jimmy Carl was was the first person I bumped into. We went, oh, that was a a long set there. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, oh, shit. Right. Uh,
0: It's funny, setless. It's it's almost like the opposite of stand-up in that way. In that, if you're having a great set of your material, sometimes you can blow out timing on a set. Because you're like, you're doing the seven or whatever it was. But... It can take eleven because just because people were enjoying it so much and it was yeah. going so well, and you riffed a little bit or whatever. Whereas setless, when it's going really well, you're just yeah. like bang, bang, bang. And when,
1: and when you're scrambling to find find something, you scramble for a long time right. and you cling to every bit of laugh and you try Let's to dig investigate. our way out. <laughs> and it really, like all all of the all, like all of the channel execs were in the room. Dan Patterson, who's the producer of Mock the Week, was in the room, so I was like, "Oh, there goes me getting on that show," right? Because he hadn't seen me do a do a gig in seven or eight years, and that
0: was the first time he'd seen me since, and just tanking
1: a show. Uh, so yeah, that
0: like it's it- sometimes you can get a word like, and it's funny. So it, it, at this Santa Barbara gig, and it ended up going well, and it, it's like, uh, in fact, there's a, a nice little story that we can talk about. But the first topic I got on Saturday night I just you know when you read the screen and I my brain just, <laughs> just would not process what the fucking word Troy was Troy
1: later apologised for like the the word was meant to be like grenade dar yeah uh, uh, which in his mind was like radar but for grenades I guess yeah. it was just like a combination of those two ideas um, but I get but but he put in like half a syllable too much in there so yeah. it just it's grenadada yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you just read that. And I just could just not... A, from your point of view, it's just a gibberish line
0: of consonants Well, But I just couldn't even... Work, like, and you know that thing <laughs> you're going... Because normally they're kind of at least half setups or half like premises yeah. or whatever. Which I always... like. I Particularly
1: when they try and push you to something offensive. Yeah. I always try to... like. I It's my policy generally. If, if I'm kind of going, oh, Troy or Prevenza or trying to... Like they're trying to make me do this. Go a different way. I would do everything in my power to go. A,
0: make it about something make else. It about, so yeah. There
1: was one I remember from the Santa Barbara show. Was, it said 10% downs. Yes.
0: And I was Which like, I thought was one of your. I mean, it was one of those moments where I saw what you were doing. Yeah. From the minute you started <laughs> doing like, it. And I like literally was standing there just going. Fu- I actually said to Paul. <laughs> uh, the words that came out of my mouth were. Oh good choice <laughs> like <laughs> explain to people what you did because it I was very funny
1: exactly i can't remember exactly how right. i phrased it and i'm gonna phrase it worse now yeah. but i started talking about this longer phrase yeah. i can't even remember what it was but it it went like downstairs below downstairs there's a garden pat blah 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 or whatever it was this yeah. long phrase that started downstairs yeah and then I claimed that Troy could only fit ten percent of it. on. The-
0: it was great, and just and worked from that premise. And it was, it was, I, it was a brilliant choice. And that's what that show is. That, like you love when you see comedians make choices. And yeah. so when I got fucking da like the whole time I'm like, what is this? Am I missing the reference? Am I like? And I don't know what this is. But there was this joyful moment which you discovered at the end of the night. Yeah. So the toilets.
1: There, there was one the toilets. There was one toilet in this right. room uh, that was shared with everyone, and they had they had pots of chalk and blackboards that lined the wall and the ceiling,
0: uh, which also, as we were <laughs> discussing the next day, is disgusting.
1: Well, we we were discussing at first when you walk in, it looks like a little pot of candy or something right. or mints, and you which know, is not what you want in it a was toilet. A toilet mint, anyone? <laughs> just, so you're like, oh, that's kind of gross. Right. Oh, it's just chalk. Right. Oh, that's still, still gross. <laughs> that's it's still, still covered. <laughs> still in feces and urine. That's the same like not like people are some people are just doing their little graffitiing before they go, some right. people are during, some people after. There's But no, also
0: you if you've ever read one of those articles about, you know, how much feces is on just, your toothbrush if yeah, it's just in straight the straight up in the right. air. Yeah. So yeah, but go on.
1: Yeah, so as I was as I was just as we were leaving the venue, I went went to the bathroom and on the way out, above
0: the door jam. Someone
1: had written, Granada-da-da. Da.
0: Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, well. It's been a good gig. It struck a chord. If you've got a if you've got a callback in you've chalk. Got a, yeah, there's over a catchphrase. The right.
1: You developed a catchphrase over the course. I don't even remember what you did with Granada-da-da. Da.
0: I have no fucking idea. You just...
1: I, you barreled in with such high right. energy just and went. bouncing off enough just of go. the crowd members that... I think no one over the course of that entire bit noticed that you I hadn't <laughs> no really
0: addressed what granada da 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 was. It was just a
1: weird noise that you kept saying at people. Right.
0: I, that's <laughs> what it was though. I kept like every time I talked to people I would make some granada da da, da <laughs> reference. It, it was, was one guy's name, it was the noise that one other guy Oh, so there was a dude down the front who was a really handsome dude who I said that his name like I like, I, I was riffing that he was, like, a soap star and his, like, name was... And But later on, his girlfriend said on the way home... Like, she said, she goes, Tonight, when we're doing it, I'm going to scream out... <laughs> True story. <laughs> uh, and there was this guy down the front row called Freddy... Um, <laughs> And he was like... Uh, and have we explained enough, like, Santa Barbara oh, yeah. is... Explain this, because this is why I wanted to get on the first place, because you knew a bit about So Santa, Santa Barbara, Barbara is Barbara. this
1: affluent town. It's on the waterfront. Um, it's wine country as well. So even the gig we did was in a winery. Right. It was in, they, like, a small winery where they're actually making wine in the back of
0: the room. It, it, there's a, if, if you can imagine it, it I mean, it's, it's one of the, my favourite places I've ever been, because I went on a wine bar tour before like a pub crawl of wine bars beforehand because there's all these like boutique sort of wine bars where you can just go in and get sort of, you know, wine by the glass and also populated by some of the most attractive people I have ever seen in my life. It's insane. These
1: are people who have not really known stress. Right. (laughs) Like these are people who have... (laughs) at no point faced any kind of ill (laughs) with the
0: world. Right. Everything's good. And also the next day, this also gives you an indication. The next day um, when we were were talking about the the demographics. Yeah. It's a very white place. It's fair to say. It's a very white place. And the people who uh, were organising the gig, who are fantastic, by the way, uh, said, oh, yeah, no, we have a black lady who normally comes, but <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, just... when you know yes. that there's one black person who comes, but she was sick that night, then that gives you an indication <laughs> of the demos.
1: Yeah. It was, it's very much that kind of area. Right. Uh, rich? Rich. Very, I mean, it's a really be- beautiful place. Yeah. Uh, and... And
0: in the front row, dead center was Freddie. Freddie. Now Freddie was like I don't know how old Freddie actually was, but I'm gonna say mid-70s. I'd say Would yeah. Would that be right? He was definitely over 70. Yes. Um given
1: again, like the quality of life there, he yeah. could be into his eighties and
0: that's you know what? Looking. But that wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah. He had that real look of like I've lived a life. I've lived a life. He had a, a he had a mustache and he just was I've never Seen a guy more happy to be involved in the show. You know, like yeah, just... No. And I do a lot of stuff with him. And I've never seen a guy
1: who more closely fitted the name Freddy.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> he was just... He...
0: And he, was, he was because when hole. I asked him, like I said, what's your name? And he went with Freddy. I'm like, you're in your fucking 80s. <laughs> yes. It's not Fred. It's not Frederick. He was still Freddy. <laughs> and you could tell he was Freddy. And he's been Freddy since the 20s. He... <laughs> I said to him, I said, what do you do? And he goes, I was born rich. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a job? When did you retire from that? Uh, but my favourite moment... They mom- put me into my gold casket. <laughs> my favourite moment of the night... He was without- wearing a red Hawaiian shirt as well. Oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> but my favourite moment of the night, without a doubt, was... when I Because his wife was... A beautiful older woman as well. Yep. Probably in her sort of mid-60s, I would say. Looked a lot like um, like a Diane Keaton type or something like that. Right. Really sophisticated, cool pair of glasses. Seemed like a, you know, a cool chick as well. And they were both having a great time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I, at one stage, I thought I was saying something that was quite shocking. Yeah. I said, Freddie, have you ever had like a threesome? And I have never seen a guy just look at me and just go, yeah, <laughs> like so quickly. Like like I, I had one here, on the way here. I've had one during this show. What the fuck are you talking about? Was not shocked by it. Was not, oh man, I love those people. It was, They're great. Yeah. Well, again, get, get, Brandon
1: Burns had a good line. I remember him doing it like 10 years ago or so when he was riffing with his older couple in a show it was his edinburgh show i remember saying it was like he was like well you realize people in their 60s now were in their 20s in the 60s right but that's right and i think that that it is starting to get to that point where someone like freddie particularly if he was born he's just been a playboy all his life
0: right he would have been the peak time for that sort of thing
1: yeah so what the 60s were now what 55 years ago so if he's if he's 75 80 now right he would have been slap bang somewhere between mid-20s and mid-30s through the 60s
0: right he probably's like oh I didn't have sex with one other person <laughs> until I was in my 30s right. <laughs> my <laughs> 20s were only threesomes <laughs> threesomes and group sex one big acid trip for here Freddie yeah it was very interesting yeah but it was, a, it was a it was a it was a lovely um place Santa Barbara too it was like it was very weird to go to somewhere that was so I mean, because it's on the beach and it's, it's so quite, beautiful. It's quite
1: a bit like some 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 places around Sydney. It must have felt...
0: It did. I must admit
1: that I like... As a of but...
0: Like, the next day when we were having breakfast, uh, you know, at a little cafe down by the, the beach, I did kind of feel like, oh, this reminds me a lot of where I live in Sydney.
1: Yeah, because most times when I've gone to the beach around this area, it's been somewhere like Venice or Santa Monica, which mm. is a lot of fun, but that's got its own character. Like, There's right. no mistaking you're in Venice, Yeah, on Venice Beach, where... There's all the crazies and people rollerblading and the weed dispensaries and uh, and like, and acrobats and all sorts of nonsense going on. Whereas this really did feel like one of those kind of affluent port towns, a little bit up, a little bit up the coast from Sydney.
0: Right. Oh, I should uh, mention this. This is what I was. Uh, this is why the reason I actually had my notebook next to me when we started this because there was an ad in the local uh, newspaper about the setlist gig. Yeah. And I did not know this ad had been in the newspaper. Well, yeah, not like an ad or a little uh, in this, yeah, the listings of what's on in town where they would uh, have. So this is the, uh, what it says. It says, on the 23rd the 11th, set list, stand up without a net. Who doesn't need a good laugh? Question mark. Join in the hilarity as top comedians like Will Anderson, pictured, which will be important in a minute, get a never-before-seen set list of outrageous and ridiculous topics while we follow along on a screen behind them. So, you know, that's a pretty good description of what the show so, is.
1: It's reasonable. It makes it sound a bit more like like there's a full like sing-along aspect to the right.
0: show. <laughs> and then there's a picture of me, right. as I said, pictured, uh, and the set list topic that is behind me. It's <laughs> a picture that they chose to this put in the, this, in the local paper. Right, in the local Santa Monica, Santa Barbara newspaper, in a place where it's fair to say people probably are not that familiar with my work in the first place. <laughs> it says hijab versus hand drop. That's <laughs> the topic.
1: And where it says, like, follows along, it almost suggests like someone's right. putting on the screen the thing that you've just said. Right. Other than-
0: and I'm kind of making an action with my hand that looks like I'm... Um, looks like you're about to get
1: yourself put on certain websites.
0: Oh, my God. It's like that was in the local newspaper. So, I'm actually... I mean, I hope that we didn't disappoint people who come out thinking that that's what it was all going to be about.
1: Yeah. Well, I do hope that there will be. <laughs> I was expecting far more.
0: Uh, uh, we should finish up in a minute. We've uh, already done uh, 55 minutes, which uh, has just flown by. Well, it's been uh, but... I want to uh, talk to you about a couple of other things, if I may, before we uh, Please. get to that, uh, which is that, how long have you been living in America now? Because obviously you are not from here in America, but you're living here now, basically. Aren't
1: yeah. You? I don't really have the best answer to that, because I first came out in 2007. Right. And to do Last Comic Standing. Yes. Is that, yeah? yeah, that's what got me out in the first place. That's what got me my first visa. That's coming back now. It's about to... What do you mean? Are they going to do another com- series of it? Yeah, Last Comic Standing is happening again. With Wanda Sykes hosting it.
0: Did you feel like that was a positive experience in your life? Because I've spoken to some people on this podcast who've done Last Comic Standing. They all have various experiences of that process.
1: I really do. I I got an email, actually, from someone who was about to write an article about it for one of the comedy websites in America. Uh, Because Patton Oswalt had tweeted a few things recently, disparaging Like, on the back of it, coming back and like that. And they're like, "Could you provide a counterpoint?" And I didn't in the end because I really didn't want to get involved in it, and I don't. You don't want to like, be in a fight with Patton Oswalt. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, uh, and and I and I fully get everything Patton said, and also I didn't. You know, one and a half sentences are taken out of context are going to make me sound like I'm the defender of NBC for all humanity. Right. Because uh, I I, to- I definitely see the downsides of the show, but on the plus side, f- firstly, speaking personally, it got me to America. It got me my visa. And it got me a profile where, where I I came in as a headliner in America, right? Which is huge for me, because, you know, I, and I don't feel like too much of a dick for that because I still, I put in, I'd already had put in time in the UK. I wasn't someone who, you know, I wasn't like screeched doing the comedy clubs or whatever, where I was cashing in on some TV. Uh, which he
0: did, you the know. in the comedy clubs. He, yeah, screech from Saved by, by the Bell. from by the Bell. The guy had, who had the porn movie with the Dirty Sanchez. He did scratch. porn. He did a chess
1: video. What? And he did stand up. Uh, <laughs> Dun- Dustin Diamond teaches chess. <laughs> my, my friend Sarah Morgan managed to source it on eBay, and we bought it together uh, as a birthday present for Nick Duty. Uh, comedian, Nick Doody, very funny guy in the UK, and he also a,
0: has a porn movie where he rubs Doody on his face. So yeah. oh, there it's we good.
1: go. <laughs> so it's all awful circle. But <laughs> Nick's a massive chess fan, so we thought oh, okay. we'd we'll get him, get him the one video that's essential for every. <laughs> 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 and then I, it was on VHS, and I got my managers who have a production company in their office to yeah. dub it onto DVD. Uh, <laughs> so I could send oh it my god, that's brilliant! But he also did stand up as well, where apparently he ripped off. Other people's material, and he was not terrible. There's a lot of there's a lot of that in America where people cash cash in cash
0: on cash something in. else. There's a lot
1: of that everywhere. Where people cash in on a certain. It's it's a thing that people think they're able to do if they have a certain amount of celebrity.
0: Right, uh, but particularly in America, where I guess that uh, a celebrity is important. Yeah, Like, you know, people like the thing that I think in sometimes that Australian audiences and I'm not sure what the difference is between the UK, but I suspect it might be a bit different. It might be a bit uh, the same as Australia is that the one, the weird thing about America is that fame, they like fame, like being famous by itself in some ways feels like an achievement. It doesn't almost matter what you've done to become famous. Uh, Yeah,
1: and I think Britain uh, Britain and America, Britain and Australia rather are quite similar in that Deep down, they really do like fame as well. Right, of course. But they, but there's a pride thing, and they really have to make it obvious that they're not impressed by it, even right. when they actually are. huh.
0: In fact, they're so unimpressed by it that they're going to tell you they're unimpressed by it yeah. all the time. <laughs> they're gonna go and they're going to stand next to you all night to tell you that they don't like you that much, yeah. and they're not impressed by you. But yeah. I'm not going to hang out with my friends. I'm going to hang I'm out go- with you gonna- to make sure you know I'm not impressed by you. And then the next day I'm going to tell everyone I know that I'm not impressed by I- you. <laughs> I'm like- going to send out an email and I'm going to get my friends over to, ta- to get a photo to prove that I'm not un- <laughs> un- un- impressed by you. Look who I'm swearing at.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to write you a follow-up email the next day just to remember me. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: But where- yeah, there's definitely – yeah, I think America is a little bit more upfront. And I kind of like, that's one of the things I do like about America yeah. over the years, is how people can be a little bit more overt with their intentions. Right. In every aspect, in business, even in relationships. Like, I got a bit of material I do in the UK specifically about that, about how in America people date. Like mm-hmm. an American will go up to another American and say, I find you attractive, let's go on a date. Whereas in Britain and Australia, we get drunk near each other. And sometimes fuck. Like that's oh my the God, that's I had the, a
0: almost twelve year one night stand.
1: Right. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't remember. I've asked people out on dates in America. I can't think I've don't think I've ever done that in Britain. I think I've every relationship I've had in Britain I've I've like stumbled into, stumbled into. where we're like, Well, I guess this is happening now. Right. I mean, we've woken up in each other's beds more nights than not over the last month. So I guess we're a couple I now. Guess we're
0: <laughs> but but I absolutely agree with you. In fact I've had some Australian Uh, girlfriends, uh, well, you know, friend girls, you know, uh, who keep to say... Like, one of my friends, who's a very beautiful woman, uh, went out with this guy and uh, he actually said to her on the first date, so explain to me why I should be spending my money on you. Like, he said that. In America. In America. (laughs) Explain to me. I think that's crossing the line. I think that is too much, So That's one step too far. I think, but... But it's that sort of idea. That, and people yeah. can date, like over here, it feels like, at least from what I've heard, it's not, I've not had any experience of this, but um, people can date several people at the same time and that seems to be like, you know, in the initial at least sense of like, I'm dating a couple of people until I, you get serious with I someone. I think there's more,
1: I think there's a bit more like clear cut definition as to what, bec- I think again, because it's not, it's less vague. Right. There's a bit more, we're seeing each other we're dating we're boyfriend and girlfriend right like I, I think there's more like those distinct strata uh huh whereas in whereas in Britain and Australia there's such a sort of grey area like right. oh, I don't know well I guess we, I guess, I guess we can kind of see each other people still but I'm still not gonna know. tell
0: yeah I would yeah I feel like that would be mad if I fucked someone else yeah
1: I do <laughs> I do like that. there is that beautiful Mitch Hedberg line though like I I don't have a girlfriend but I do know a girl who'd be mad if she heard me say that <laughs> <laughs> That's, which is a perfect joke. Such a Um,
0: a fabulously funny man. Were you a Mitch Hedberg? Like, you know, is he a guy who... Because you... I mean, your style is... How would you describe your comedy style? I never know how to
1: describe my style. Like, I get asked that so much. I'd imagine you probably have a similar trouble when it's one of the first questions in every interview. What do you talk about on stage or how do you describe your style? And in both cases, I think for both of us, our answer is... I don't know, stand-up comedy. Funny stuff. Because like, both of us will, will veer between true
0: stories, uh, politics, observations. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think both of us at it would have w- things that we would consider funny stories and things that we would consider to be jokes. Yeah. Like joke jokes.
1: And things that we'd consider to be social comment and right. things that we'd consider just to be nonsense and fun and silly. And we'll veer between all of those. And you sort of go. It, I think it's so much easier to describe your style if you are a one-liner comic, or if you're a, if you're an overtly political comic, or an observationist.
0: I Is don't it, know. I, I So who, know. Were, who were the? I mean, we have to finish up in a minute. But who who were the influences on you? Like, who was it that inspired you when you first started doing comedy? Oh, there was a whole
1: lot. But I kept. I think I started. I got into comedy when I was really young. When I I, I I loved watching comedy on TV when I, from right when I was a kid. Okay, what sort of stuff? But when I was say about twelve or something, like there were the sketch comedians, like people like this, Hale and Pace and and and, Hail and Pace and, and Little and Large. Remember them? And I
0: never remember- one of uh, one of my favorite moments in my life. like yeah. uh, This is because in Australia, Hale and Pace were massive. Like and I, I never
1: hugely liked them, but I liked watching comedy, so I watched them.
0: Right, they were massive because they used to do a show called um, "Hey Hey It's Saturday," which was our big variety show. Right, which Bill Hicks also did. Everybody who came to a show, they did. Um, and they did some thing. It was very fun, where they were like titty bum, titty bum, titty bum. Like it was general this low. But they were massive. And when you were a kid growing up, like watching this sort of stuff, you were like these guys are geniuses, right? And one of them. Hail or Pace, hail and or Pace, yeah. came and saw my show in Edinburgh. Right. And it was one of the more exciting moments of my You don't even know life. which one? or Don't know. W- one of them. Right. <laughs> Still right. Hail or Pace. Uh, I knew at the time. I've forgotten since. It was have, a while ago. Did you have Jasper Carrot in Australia? Did he make it over? No. So I didn't discover Jasper Carrot until I started like branching out and trying to work out what... See, that was one... Of the, he was one of the first
1: ones I remember really liking as a uh-huh. kid. Like actually really laughing. And then when I was around 15 or so... The Paramount Comedy Channel and Channel 5 both started up in the UK. And they started to just broadcast stand-up comedy. And that what? was around the time it was really starting to explode in Britain. Is that like
0: so, that old comedy sort of...
1: Yeah, so so people who... Including people now... So I really started to get into people who I'd now consider friends. like uh, People like Ed Byrne, yep. Adam Bloom, yep. uh, the Boosh guys who I don't know as well. I know Noel, but Julian had already stopped by the time I started doing comedy. Uh, but all, all, pe- just people like that, people... Like the Comedy Network show on BBC on the BBC as well. Uh they they were the ones I started to really get into and right. really like live at the comedy store, that show.
0: Fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's uh that that's interesting to me. Oh, and Eddie
1: Izzard as well, who of course. is someone who I yeah, I think he came just before that started to happen. Eddie Izzard and Jack D were the two who were and Frank Skinner, actually rather, were the three who were sort of coming up just before that boom.
0: I've spoken about this before on the show, but uh um probably the most nervous I've ever been before a comedy show or during a comedy show was when Eddie Izzo came and saw my show in Melbourne and I was only about I guess I was like five years into doing like yeah. festival shows you know like certainly not at a point where you're like this is me yeah right it, it, and I, have... <laughs> I remember just being on stage and I knew where he was in the audience and I, I just do. I I just like you know when you're trying to look but without like yeah I just want to just do the whole show go Are you liking this? Are yeah. you liking this? Just wave this Are you flag. Just this? wave this flag when you're enjoying <laughs> just...
1: I have... I've met Eddie Izzard, on, I think, on about four or five occasions. And every occasion, I've made a royal dick of myself. Like, every
0: single time. Oh, man. Every In...
1: single time. Like, there's been two that weren't my fault. Like, two were... I was I was with a girl who was the one who did something embarrassing. Okay, what, what do you mean? What sort of embarrassing thing? Well, well one of them was just, like, a, a girl who was... It was at the Groucho Club, which is a private club in yep, London. I know the Groucho Club. Very, and she was very drunk and was like wanting to take pictures with him, which oh, is yeah. a no-no in no, the venue. No, you're not meant to do that, yeah. And the other one was a girl who was hadn't heard of him and was asking him questions and was confusing transvestite with transsexual. Oh, <laughs> and was oh not excellent, like that. excellent. And then, and then the other three were all me. The other three... The first time, I was a very new comic. Mm-hmm. Uh... Uh, very new. And I was at some charity gala as a guest of another comic who was on the bill. And Boothby Graffo, who, again, was Boothby was one of the people I got into really early. Yeah, fantastic. wonderful. I love Boothby Graffo. Um, he used to be on the Comedy Network show. He used to host it. And he was
0: amazing. He still is amazing. Also, um, he, Boothby put out an album a couple of years ago that... Um, I would highly recommend that people search out on like, iTunes or wherever you buy those sort of things because it's... It's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's a wonderful uh, stand-up comedian.
1: Oh, and um, Corking the Juice Pigs is another band that, of another group that I got into. And I, years later, I lived with Phil.
0: I, the uh, first ever uh, support season. So the first time I ever did the Melbourne Comedy Festival, I did support for Corking the Juice Pigs. They're fantastic. Yeah.
1: Um, but uh, Boothby introduced, had seen me at, a, at Up the Creek earlier on, so he... And he'd liked me and sort of taken me a bit under his wing. And he introduced me to Wizard. And I was so nervous, I mispronounced my own name. <laughs> so that was, that, was, that was number one. Number three, I'm going to skip over two because that was the worst one. Right. I'll, I'll come back to two. Yeah, yeah. Number three was a few years later. I'd been in LA and I'd seen him do a warm-up gig in LA. And then I was back in London. I was at the comedy store hanging out with friends. And he'd come in to watch the show. And it was the site, and I was, I was hammered, and I saw him by the side of the stage watching the show. And I just sort of went up to him, probably a bit too close to his face, and went, Saw you in LA last week, you're fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> so it just. <laughs> so that was number three. Yeah. Number, number two. two. Number two was uh, <laughs> the Secret Policeman's Ball uh, oh, yeah. at the Royal Abbott Hall. The so first it's
0: a very famous. You know, UK big charity, charity event charity for
1: um, Amnesty International. It was something yeah. that was started years ago by the Monty Python guys and Peter Cook was involved and it was a... And uh,
0: like over the years, like the biggest names in it. British comedy have Ma- gone through this It's a massive
1: thing. thing. And Eddie Izzard brought it back uh, in I think 2005, 2004, 2005. They, they did two more recently. And this is the first of those two. And I was a writer on their show. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Because one of the producers knew my work and he said, so yeah, I meant to be a writer behind the scenes just for some of the sketches in fact, that was the first time I met and worked with Jimmy Fallon and then I ended up supporting him on tour of the back of it. It was it was a great experience. Wow, really right? Yeah. Um, so, again, cut to the after party. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> There's a running theme of these ones. Uh, and Provenza was there. Provenza was doing some work on the show. He was doing some filming stuff yep. behind the scenes. And Provenza had also seen my work and he, he was an early supporter of me. So he gave me a love... And he knew I was a fan of... Eddie Izzard. and so he gave me a lovely intro to Eddie at the party Which is party. what you want.
0: Third party endorsement. Perfect.
1: Now here's the thing. Around this time, I ran a student gig, like a college gig uh-huh. that was like the, the format of it was like I hosted it, students did the first two thirds, uh-huh. and then I brought a headliner up to close it. Uh-huh. And we didn't have a headliner for tomorrow, so that uh-huh. was in my mind. Yes. So as a joke. As a joke. As a joke. A joke. I just I asked what? Eddie, I went, mean, i just college gigs tomorrow. Do you want a student gig Do you want to headline it? Uh, and here's the thing like, of all the responses, like, of all the things he could have done, yep. he just really graciously declined. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> just really, gra- like, in the nicest, most gracious way, said, n- Right. N- n- I mean, years later, like, looking at it now, even at my substantially lower level, I constantly get asked to do gigs that are like, no, 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 you don't have any idea of proportion. So I'm sure he constantly gets, like every probably minute another email comes in that his assistant has to feel that's asking him to do something that's ridiculous that he'd never want to do.
0: The amount of times still, and look, you know, and I don't mean this in, like, I'm glad, like I answer my own email. I'm not like some fancy person, but the amount of times someone is, how much would it cost me to get you to come and do a speech at my birthday? Yeah, more a lot more than you budget. have. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so he, he so he clearly hadn't realised that I was joking. And right. why would he? Because now with hindsight, he probably gets that right all the, time. all the time. You know when you're joking and someone doesn't realise you're joking, you have to make a choice. Right, and that choice is to whether to go. I was joking. joking.
0: Or, which can make it worse, by which the can way. Make it worse because, like, because then you look like a dick. Because that's your cover story anyway. Even if you were serious, right, is to say, oh right. no, I was joking completely.
1: Or to double down and keep asking, giving more and more details until it becomes obvious that you were joking. Oh yeah, yeah. So then I was like, oh, it's it's a hundred, it's one hundred and fifty pounds, pounds, and there's a driver, <laughs> there's a meal, yeah, yeah. and. <laughs> And he just and he just went, oh, no thanks. And then turned around and started talking to someone else. Oh my God! <laughs> just... oh my God. Uh. So that was. And luckily, like I've, like I've met him twice since, and he each time he's, I'm. It, it's the one time with someone famous that I'm grateful that they don't remember who don't I, remember. I am each time, because every time it's been a disaster. So every time I'm like, I'm starting with a blank slate hopefully it'll be better this time. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it.
0: it's funny that you say this because uh, we didn't get to talk about Doctor Who, which we were going to talk about, but we'll just do this again another time because yeah. it's been so fucking delightful and it's been so good to have you oh, on. it's been a joy coming Has on the show. Has it not, yeah. man? It's been brilliant. So, um, uh, you know, now that we're both uh, in the same city, let's do this more often and we'll talk about other things. Yeah. But... It brings us to something that we spoke about just before we started. So, I think it'll be a good place to finish this podcast. And people who listen to this podcast regularly know this about me already, uh, which is that I have one woman in the world that I still have, like, a, like, teenage... If I had a diary, I would be cutting out pictures of her and putting them on my diary. With hearts
1: and practising your signature. Seriously. <laughs> and
0: working out percentages of, like, getting my name and her name and doing that Just thing doing of, like, neurology. loves and seeing if you can work out the percentage that you're in love, which is... Karen Gillian from uh, Karen Doctor Gilliam. Who. Yeah. Sorry, G- Karen Gillian from Doctor Who. That's what I. You had Terry Gilliam yes. on the mic. Gilliam, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Terry Gilliam. Uh, it's Terry Gilliam. I have a big thing for him. T- Karen Gilliam from Doctor Who, who yeah. I did not know this about, but you are friends with. I
1: know her, yeah. She's come on my podcast before. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs>
0: well, on Probably Science. She's come on Probably Science, which you have as well. Yeah, I have indeed. And people should check out that podcast, Thank by you. the way. It's fantastic. Um, that was one of the things that I want to talk to you about today, but we'll get to that but another yeah, time. But yeah, I met
1: her originally. How did you first, meet her? Well, she came out to it. <laughs> you said that almost
0: like, how did you meet her? How did you, meet her?
1: How'd you get you that? <laughs> how did you get that? Who books her? Who books her? I met her a couple of years ago when she first came out to LA uh, at uh, Simon Amstel did a show at Largo.
0: Oh, right. Uh, okay, Simon Amstel, who... Brilliant uh, UK comedian. Yeah, and
1: the host of Nevermind the Buzzcocks and various other things. And I've known... I've known Simon for a long time. We started out around the same time. Uh-huh. We did the Hackney Empire New Act of the Year right. competition together back in the day. Uh, so, And she was there as the guest of a British producer. So that's why we met. And she just moved to LA, so we started hanging out a bit. Uh, and she lives just around the corner from here. She's so close. It's <laughs> <That's> ridiculous. <laughs> so I had no idea. I, I, was, that's just... you know, It was funny. mentioned almost in a blase. And then suddenly you just saw your eyes just... Because you meet so many famous people constantly.
0: But the funniest thing about this is that I've just, um, like, so, because I'm moving back here, and uh, so I'm staying in a hotel at the moment, but basically... you're about to get an apartment. Yeah, and so I've put down the deposit already. I signed the lease on Wednesday, and the apartment is slightly more than I wanted to pay for the apartment, but it was in such a good location, like, for where I want, like, for the gigs I do around town, and the fact that... Like I'm like you, I like to have a drink at a gig. So what I wanted to have is like the gigs that I go to mostly, you know, places like Largo that I could just walk from there. Walk
1: from or like get a five buck cab. Right.
0: You know, that sort of thing. It means I'll go there more regularly. I'll go out and about. So I was like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm willing to pay a little bit extra for the apartment because it's in a great area. And then you've told me that (laughs) Karen also, I would have paid a thousand more a month. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If the real estate agent had known. Like, my God! If she'd
1: walked out past the house at the moment that you were signing right. the lease, it's
0: like, double, double, double. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm so into her in a way that I can't. That like, isn't healthy. It's not healthy. It's it's in a way that I feel like I actually can't meet her because I know that I would have a series of Eddie Izard-esque <laughs> embarrassing moments that I would not be able like, to recover I, from.
1: I, I with with Izard. I, I think like I'm over, I'm over the full on like, like I think I'm I was cool the la- the last time I met him, I was cool and then it was the girl I was with who, was, right. was the fool, whereas norm it's nearly always me who's the fool, uh so like I think if I th- I think I'd be all right now, but I really would rather I I'd, I'd so much rather we met on a gig that we were doing together where together,
0: because you kind of this is I mean Cause, this
1: because it's so different when you're when you're at a chat. Like, what the, one of the most recent times was at a charity show, but it was one that I wasn't on. A friend right. of mine was doing it. Uh-huh. So I was just Plus a, one. a ligger. Yeah, yeah, I was just a... Uh...
0: No, no, no. I, I, uh, people have heard me tell this story before on the podcast, but um, I... I I was always a big Sarah Silverman fan. Really loved Sarah Silverman. And uh, Justin Hamilton, who you might know, an Australian comedian. Really fabulous comedian. great. And uh, he and I were at a cafe just down the road from here, and Sarah was at the next table. And he was like, why don't you just go and say hello? And I was like, no, 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 no. I want to meet her sometime when we're doing a show together and then we can, and you know, and since then we've met and we've done plenty of shows together and we're now friends, it's you know, a I have bit, her phone number. But like,
1: it's a it's a huge difference because also, right. particularly in this town, someone saying, I am also a comedian or I also do right. comedy can mean anything. anything. Right. Like, like use you, yeah. yeah
0: you, Aren't you screech from Saved by the Bell?
1: I <laughs> know, <Yeah. laughs> right? Or just like anyone whose acting teacher has told them, right. hey, you
0: should get up and give that yeah.
1: stand-up a go. Yeah. And they've done a couple of open mics at, it
0: means anything And also you can't Like tell them Like it'd be even worse To go the other way Yeah You can be like Like so I'm quite a big deal In Australia Yeah <laughs>
1: That would be even worse <laughs> I'd like, be like I'm like I'm like the Australian you You <laughs> <laughs> That's just
0: all right, we should finish up because there's a fine line between a podcast and a hostage situation. <laughs> uh, mate, uh, this has been an absolute fucking delight. Where oh, can people pleasure. find you uh, on, you know, well, they can listen to Probably Science. It's a fabulous podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, podcast. You, could, you can get that on, on iTunes
1: or if you go to probablyscience.com and all the information is there. And then um, a Twitter, I'm just at Matt Kirshen. Facebook's how, st- how do people spell Kershen? That's K-I-R-S-H-E-N. But if you type something close to it in Google. It'll, particularly if you type like British comedian Matt oh, Kerr, blah, it'll, blah. It'll, You're it'll the one. Me.
0: There's no confusing.
1: There's, there's, it's a rare enough name that you'll... Okay, that's good. Google's that's a good thing to have. Google's sus- creepily accurate with that kind of thing.
0: I uh, used to do a show in Australia called The Glass House, and my name is Will Anderson, Will yep. with one L, uh, which must be uh, to the absolute chagrin of a British environmentalist called Will Anderson with two L's <laughs> who uh, has a um, column called The Greenhouse. Oh! Yeah, right. And everyone gets... Because I get the occasional, like, you know, sort of, like, confusion the other way, but he's getting a lot more his way. Like, oh. he, he's never met me, <laughs> but he must fucking hate me.
1: Oh, there's an Israeli lecturer called Matt Kirschen who I've pushed onto about page 10 of Google. Right.
0: And again... <laughs> Because like, our
1: job is in no way as important as his job, but we have a much bigger web presence.
0: The greatest. <laughs> the, uh, actually, I'm not sure that I've ever. I don't know if I've spoken about this since we asked the question on the podcast, but um, a few episodes ago, I had a, a really fabulous Australian comedian by the name of Tom Ballard on the show. And we were talking about the idea of. Uh, because TOEFOP was named after Russell Crowe's band. Right. 30 odd foot of grunt. TOEFOG. That's what they're called. And uh, we asked the question that if you type T-O-F-O into Google, what comes up first, this podcast or Russell Crowe's band? Yep. Now, Russell Crowe's band was around before this podcast was around.
1: Uh, and so after I that episode... was specifically named off the back of...
0: Right, after that. But guess what, motherfucker? If you type in T-O-F-O, <laughs> it's fucking Toe not Toe Fog. Take that, Russell Crowe. <laughs> Anyway, I'd still like to have you on the show, Russell. If you're listening, <laughs> anytime you want to be on, give believe, us a call.
1: Like uh, I don't know. Like I know Russell.
0: Well, oh, you know Russell no, well, dude? No, I was gonna
1: say I know Russell. Like m- knows who you are. Like uh,
0: right email. Yeah, I assume he does. I guess I, we've I, done I, things that like we've be- certainly been in the same room and tweeted done things together. That setlist was happening. When, oh, I you know what he did when Rove was on, uh, and you, when you and Rove the, were both on. You know what he absolutely did. You're, you, I, we were doing a sharp meltdown, and Russell Crowe tweeted that Rove and I were doing the show at meltdown. So he's he's definitely aware of you and your yes, work and my work. So anyway, I, here's the thing. Like the reason I named like. And look, I've talked about it this a lot on the podcast, but Russell Crowe is one of those people that I have that beautiful sort of love-hate fascination with. It's the same with Shane Warne, the cricketer. Right. Like I love, like Shane Warne is the best cricketer I've ever seen play. Right. You know, but there's also just a lot of shit he does that I find you know terrible or hilarious or yeah. whatever. And Russell's a gr- Russell Crowe's a great actor. A stunning actor, one of the fucking greatest, but also he just takes himself anyway. I'm not Russell. If you're listening, I want you on the show. I would love you on the show. I've got the hundredth episode coming up. I'd lo- there'd be nothing better than the guest charlie for the hundredth episode being Russell Crowe. So if you know Russell Crowe. You know, just or if you are Russell Crowe, <laughs> this is an open invitation, Russell. I love you, I genuinely do. I'm fascinated by you. Uh, all right, so uh, anything else you want to plug? Uh, have you got gigs coming up? Because uh, I I will mention some of my gigs. Uh, so um, oh. Firstly, what I am going to do is give uh, Justin Hamilton's... uh, Justin has a pilot. um, It's called Stand Up, Sit Down, uh, where he interviews comedians. It is on uh, the Comedy Channel on uh, Friday, December the 6th, I think at 9 o'clock. I'll put a new Justin episode up after this one as well that has the details on it. Uh, Rove and myself are interviewed on that. If enough people watch that pilot... He will get a series. So I'm asking everybody who has Foxtel who listens to this show in Australia, either watch the show or record the show on your IQ or just fucking don't watch it but just put your Foxtel on and they will get those numbers and Justin will get a show. He deserves a show and it will be fantastic if you could support that. Uh, I've got some gigs coming up. I'm in Cleveland. Uh, If we have any listeners in Cleveland, I'm at Hilarities In Cleveland, Uh, I will – get the dates but i think that's kind of the 9th 10th and 11th of december or something like that and i am at comedy works in uh denver at uh for uh, i think the 27th of december through to new year's i have three shows on new year's eve um there's an all ages show during the day and then a couple of shows that night but i'm there for a week at comedy works in denver and if you hear this show before uh, t- uh, tomorrow night which you won't so I'm not going to plug that gig that I was on after you've before yeah, anyway whatever what about you Matt? I'm trying to think
1: like because uh, I'm, I'm back for Christmas after uh, shortly after this I'm at Meltdown Comics this Wednesday I don't know
0: really oh, well, so I'm going to put this up uh, before that so okay, if you're so... in LA go and see Meltdown's one of the best Meltdown's a lot of fun in, Yeah, and then
1: Dr. Grin's in Grand Rapids I'm there some point in February so if you're a Michigan person come along to that and oh. then uh, and oh, if you- watch Setlist. Watch the uh, Setlist TV show on Sky Atlantic. My episode, I think, is the second one out, so it'll be on December the 9th, and that's me, Eddie
0: Peppertone, and Robin Williams. Oh. You might okay. remember
1: Robin Williams from everything.
0: Everything? <laughs> <laughs> everything. Uh, and I, yeah, I should mention that uh, this week, in fact, my uh, tour goes on sale, on pre sale. Is that your Australian tour? My Australian tour. Fantastic. uh, For next year. So, I don't know what pre-sale is. I mean, it's on sale. Yeah. It's a weird thing, isn't it? Pre-sale. But um, uh, for Adelaide, Brisbane and Melbourne. So, if you want to get tickets, I would say... I mean, look, obviously, I'd love anyone to buy tickets, you know, this early on. Uh, The show's called Will Luminati, um, but Adelaide in particular um, tends to sell out every show each year because we only can do a limited number of shows there. So, um, all those pre-sale details will be on my Twitter, which is Will underscore Anderson. Uh, Oh, I
1: should also say, if you go to com, there's a little mailing list thing. Oh, fantastic. So,
0: yeah, We'll do that.
1: Do that. Do that. Right. Just you know, find me on Twitter and Facebook, and that's where you find out my gigs.
0: All right. Well, that last five minutes of us begging for you guys—that was to, a lot of—that uh, was a lot of admin at the end. You know of- what? Fuck it. You—you you had eighty minutes of great stuff, and me <laughs> complaining. Whatever. <don't>, let's <laughs> not. We always lose a little bit of confidence at the end. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking free. <laughs>
1: Let's go and track down that white sh- white jacketed dick.
0: Right, there might be a bit after <laughs> the closing music of us just outside his door. If I see him, I will. I've got
1: the little audio recorder on my phone, I right. will doorstep him. If
0: you see a guy in a white jacket and a white beanie, like- you distract him while I shit in his toilet and then put <laughs> the thing back <laughs> over it.